Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, somebody once told me that today (laughs) we are going to be discussing for our anthem series, Smash Mouth's All-Star. So much to do, so much to see, so what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now. That was beautiful. And I want to explore this song because it's something you hear in stadiums. It's something you hear in uh, in schools. It's something you hear like all over the world at this point. But it's also kind of a unique anthem. It's an anthem that is uh, as mocked as it is beloved. Yeah, I think of it almost like a Twitter meme more than a song. Totally. So, And that's what I want to do. I want to explore first the musical qualities that make this song so anthemic and have given it such staying power. Yeah. And the musical qualities that make this song like the ultimate musical meme. <laughs> Great. And let's start with the chorus. Hey now. You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And all that is gold. Only stars break the mold. You know, it's one of those songs where I've heard it so many times I can't even hear it with fresh ears. I feel the same way, which is why I thought it was necessary for us to bring in an expert. <laughs> Uh, This is Darren King. I'm a New York-based arts journalist. So the website The Ringer has been doing a series about classic pop songs of the year 1999. And Darren wrote the entry on All Star, titled The Never-Ending Life of Smash Mouth's All Star. In the process, he told me he got to know this song pretty intimately. In the midst of this piece, I was willingly listening to it up to, I don't know, I'd say a couple of dozen times a day, just really trying to, to work it out to um, unpack its mysteries and secrets. So I would say I clocked up about a good 100, 150 listens to Smash Mouth All-Star. That's some advanced form of torture. A hundred. Self-inflicted. <laughs> 150 listens. I mean, they say journalistic ethics are dead, but I think Darren is proving them all wrong. <laughs> Let's cast ourselves back to 1999. I don't want to go back to 1999. That was not the best moment of my life. You have no choice. (laughs) You're back in a world where Smash Mouth is uh, on the radio with their first big hit, Walking on the Sun. Was this on the Austin Power soundtrack? Great question, Charlie. We will get into 
movie soundtracks a bit later. Because it has that, like, total 1960s bossa nova, almost, like, even, like, the Doors, like, a little bit kind of feel. Yeah, it was, a, it. it was a throwback song, and it was kind of not in the milieu of what Smash Mouth was doing up to that point. It was kind of an unexpected, a surprise hit of sorts hmm. yeah. that was a departure from the kind of 90s California ska punk thing that they'd been doing up to that point. It, yeah, it has, like, a taste of it, maybe, like, in the vocal performance, but, yeah, it's definitely a throwback thing with the unexpected success of walking on the sun when it came to the band's second album astro lounge they suddenly found themselves under a lot of pressure they needed a hit single that old classic story of the uh, record label not hearing a single um that was that was true for astro lounge so great camp sort of uh put himself in his garage and uh and came up with this um and yeah they needed a hit and they they definitely got one he he realized quite quite early on that this was a uh, lightning in a bottle okay so it's time to write a hit <laughs> you have to go to the garage and come up with like a number one single no big deal right no easy where do you start where this band started and especially their key songwriter greg camp was with actually the fan mail that they had been getting <laughs> i love it yeah and a lot of the fan mail they've been getting was from teenagers who were feeling bullied some of them were feeling bullied because they listened to smash mouth and oh. he was and he was huh. really connecting with these huh. feelings and and wanting to write a song that would give them affirmation and hmm. confidence i love it when there's sort of a two-way relationship between the artist and the fan and it ends up in the music totally and we can even get a little more specific when it comes to the inspirations for this song because the, the titular word here, all-star, mm -hmm. that came from a very clear source. On a, on a very literal level, uh, Greg Camp was wearing Converse all-star sneakers. So uh, that's, that's a pretty key part of the puzzle right there. Are you familiar with the Converse all-star sneaker, Charlie? I know the Chucks. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what we're talking about. Chucks, all-star, same thing. Classic, yeah, yeah. Just a classic sneaker. Yeah. And then there's the iconic uh, line from the first verse. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Right. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Makes me think of like the film Clueless or something. Yeah. And again, this is a very 90s reference yes. in a way, but one also drawn from Greg Camp's life. It is kind of a little bit about his backstory. I mean, the, uh, the whole, you know, L on her forehead thing, um, that came from his life when uh, he was kind of a jobbing musician. Um, his, his girlfriend at the time would uh, actually like, bid him farewell um, of the of an evening um, by by making that kind of gesture at him and and basically the subtext was you know when are you going to grow up dude when are you going to get a real job wait that is so mean what an unsupportive partner that's what good musicians do they take you know their personal challenges and turn them into world beating pop songs <laughs> so this mega hit really came from very small very particular moments in this band's life in 1999 bullied fans some chuck taylor converse sneakers <laughs> and uh a disparaging uh significant other 
And, you know, actually, Charlie, I, I do have mm. to rewind for a second because one thing is to, to be a supportive partner and the other is to have a, a kind of deadbeat boyfriend who plays in bands all night and sleeps all day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. One of them is a musician. Okay. And we, <laughs> might, and we might be biased towards one half of that couple, just, just yeah. for the record. Yeah, legit. Okay, so these, these are some of the lyrical inspirations for the song. Now let's dig into some of the musical inspirations for the song. One of the most notable features of All Star are its very first notes. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. The song starts not with any kind of instrumentation, but with a solo voice singing the word some. some. Yeah. This intro came from a very specific place. It came from a song that had been a hit shortly before One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cock your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. That's neat. Yeah. So this is a moment of Greg Camp of Smash Mouth hearing this Bare Naked Ladies hit. He's like, I got to write a hit. Maybe I'll try something similar. I'm going to start the song with an acapella syllable from the voice, and then the whole band will come in immediately afterwards. You know, it seems like such an obvious thing to do, and I feel like I hear it very rarely. There might be a reason why you don't hear it very often. I think there was some pushback from radio DJs in the early days because it starts off in this very kind of aggressive, you know, collar-tugging way with, a, with a, uh, a syllable of the lyric, of the vocal, coming in before the music. Now, DJs like to speak over the intro of a song, and this uh, kind of subverted their, their uh, ability to do that. It doesn't, you know, take any prisoners. It goes straight for the jugular of the listener. Oh, the power struggles. So even though that is now, the, like, the most recognizable part of the song it yeah. might have at the very beginning of its success might have been a detriment because djs were like whoa i like to you know do a little preamble at the beginning of a song and this mm. doesn't allow me to do that but clearly it overcame that that challenge very mm. quickly mm. there's another musical inspiration for the song that really surprised me it might be kind of hard to hear at first but it's buried in the harmonies of the chorus hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play the shape of those chords, and it's just like a, a full, cu- full chord sequence, that is the shape of the Monty Norman James Bond theme. So it has a, has a that third chord there. I think it's a C diminished chord. It sort of implies ominousness, uh, danger. That's exactly what it's pointing to. There's like that 1960s feel. I knew I was hearing something because just a second ago, I was like over on the piano trying to figure out how to play this. And it has that walking up weird chromatic thing from James Bond. Yeah, I could never see this coming. I mean, maybe I heard some retro influences, but like the James Bond theme, that was (laughs) never in my mind. However, when we listen to them back to back, I think the similarity is actually really apparent. So here's the beginning of the iconic James Bond theme. Now, see if you can hear that same kind of sinister, oscillating chord structure here in the chorus of Smash Mouth's All Star. 
Yeah, it's in the guitars. And it's that third chord in the sequence in particular, that yeah. diminished chord that Darren was talking about. Get the show on. That's a very tense chord. Yes. Very dramatic. I think it's the, it, it is the suspense that you feel when you hear the James Bond theme. When you start to focus in on this suspenseful kind of dark C diminished chord in the song, it brings up certain references that you might not get when you're just listening to the song on a more surface level. Here's Darren again. We think of that, that chorus as being, you know, big, dumb, and kind of stupid. But there's a little bit of darkness to it, which I, I think is part of the, you know, the song's contradictory nature and, and sort of the, the richness of it, that we, we've got this sort of very sports anthem-ready you know, kind of monosyllabic chorus, but there's something else going on. There's like a, there's a shark stalking the beach party, I like to call it. I like this. It reminds me of some of the conversation that we had about Queen's We Are the Champions mm. in an earlier part of our series on anthems and not just have that sort of overcoming feeling. There has to be some of the adversity. In there. Like, there has to be challenge. And I feel like this chord introduces, as he puts it, some of that, that darkness. It's not a single note piece. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Like in order to be an all star, you can't just be given success. You have to earn it. You have to fight for it. Yeah. And speaking of darkness, as I listen to this song again, I hear lyrics that I maybe didn't really pay attention to before. The only lyric I know is somebody once told me <laughs> and shape of an L on her forehead. The rest is gone from my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat and I imagine many listeners are yeah. as well. But when we dig into some of the, the later verses of this song, they're talking about issues that are eerily applicable to our present moment, including one I never would have expected, climate change. It's a cool place, and they say it gets colder. You're bundled up now, wait till you get older. But the media men beg to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. But world's on fire. O-M-G. Yeah. Wait, this is like pre-Inconvenient Truth. This is like early era Al Gore just like sitting down at lunch with Bill Clinton talking about climate change. Yeah, yeah. And no, had not is... breached the popular consciousness. I mean, it was known, but not as we talk about it. Totally. They're, they're talking about the ozone layer here. They're talking, we're talking about like banning chlorofluorocarbons. This is huh. now we're dealing with a much... What is this More song? serious set of environmental issues, but it's it's all there. The world is on fire, and, yeah. and it still is today. This song has layers, man. This song is an onion. There's Whoa. lyrical depth here. There's musical depth. There's references from 1999 hits to 1960s spy movies, soundtracks. Whoa, it's an I don't... anthem for bullied teens <laughs> and mad ex-girlfriends. I don't know what to make of all of this. Me neither. And I think in order to really understand this song, we need to fast forward from 1999 to the present to really understand the multifaceted legacy of Smash Mouth's All-Star. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why this song, why this song out of all the hit songs has become the uber meme of the 21st century. Can't wait. 
Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside to get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The first thing you need to know when considering the legacy of All Star was that the band knew that this song was going to change their lives. In Darren King's piece, he writes about their producer, Eric Valentine, uh, giving the band this, this unforgettable quote to me. He told them, before you release this song, quote, there's no turning back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> what a goofy line. But it's so true. Yeah. And they, they were very prescient in a way hmm. because the song would change their lives mm. in ways that were both good and bad. You know I kind of think of, of Smash Mouth as like a two, three, maybe four hit wonder. And like, I know these two songs, and then they, then they did the song for Shrek, and I don't know if they did any other songs that I can remember. But I also simultaneously think that they're probably doing all right, because there's been no shortage of this song in my life. Yeah, the, the bass player of the band said that the song bought him a house. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. they did well, but... It also has turned them into a bit of a, a joke in some ways. And for Greg Camp, the, the songwriter, you know, there was a certain irony in the song's success, becoming, as you said, you know, part of the Shrek soundtrack in 2001 and quickly being heard at uh, sporting events and, and, and celebrations uh, all over the country. He said, there was a very thick line drawn between my friends and people who ended up listening to the song, the sports people. 
It was definitely <laughs> ironic the first time I heard that at an NFL football game or that I was asked to perform the song at a big time sports thing. Hmm. Like that was never, he never wanted to be, you know, out playing this song at, at sporting events. He was a countercultural punk, you know? And now all of a sudden he has this song that is this inescapable, corporatized pop smash. I would not have even known that about the band given the way that I've consumed their material probably primarily through hearing it at sports games. It's a be careful what you wish for yeah. scenario. You know, yeah. it's a mixed legacy here when huh. you have that kind of world dominating pop success. And that's only part of the story because this song doesn't just have an afterlife at stadiums and karaoke and school, <laughs> you know, assemblies. Um, this song has an afterlife in the world of memes. Yes. I'm pretty sure like one in five gifts involve Smash Mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, or you could maybe even flip that scenario. Maybe like memes owe Smash Mouth a, a, a great <laughs> debt for like creating this, this, uh, internet language. Hmm. I asked Darren why he thought that All Star was such a memeable song. And one thing he said was that the chorus melody is super simple and it's not only that, it's very flexible. Like you can layer that chorus melody over a lot of different chord progressions. And to give you just one example, if you'll forgive me for the musical sacrilege that I'm about to commit, here's the piano part from John Legend's Imagine. <laughs> Lennon, not legend. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're an all-star. What are the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> I get the point. I think you've gone far enough. Nobody needs to hear any more of this. I'm very sorry I had to subject the world to that. But I'm not the first person to sing this melody over <laughs> the Imagine chords for the record. So that's one part of it. This okay. chorus melody is like kind of endlessly mutable and can be layered on so many different musical contexts. And Darren also said there might be something else about the song that really lends itself to memeing. Part of it is that it's just so recognizable that that first syllable that I mentioned earlier, that just sort of just grabs you right away, which makes it kind of rich for uh, comic potential. There's something about Steve Highwell's voice too, right? Like that kind of uh, not too subtle kind of buzzsaw quality that his voice has, which I think if it's chopped up in a musical meme, it's just really kind of compelling and kind of comic and silly um, which, which makes it good fodder, I think. There's so many lines in the song here that are set up for something else. So somebody once told me, <laughs> it's like, you can go anywhere with that, right? <laughs> totally. There's a lot of like lyrical possibility to insert your own narrative here. And beyond that, as Darren says, there's just something so indelible about the very first moments of this song that unaccompanied acapella somebody that begins it and the the very specific vocal timbre of lead yeah. singer steve harwell's voice which darren i love this compares to a buzzsaw yeah i feel like you and i have the musical language 
musical love language, if you will, <laughs> where I could just be like, somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it just got, has to happen. Yeah. You know, you can't leave that hanging. It is inevitable. That's like a hanging high five. It is inexorable. As we talked about, the song has spawned so many memes that we could devote an entire podcast just to that topic. But I asked Darren what his favorites were, and he gave me some really great choices that I thought we could listen to together. Neil Fifjörga's album Mouth Sounds, Smash Mouth All-Star is kind of a running gag on that album, which is free to listen to on SoundCloud. It is frequently hilarious. Are you familiar with this, Neil Fifjörga's Mouth Sounds? It doesn't sound like a pleasant listen. <laughs> I've get, never heard of it. Get ready. I, this was new to me. And before we dig into it, uh, first we have to listen to the 19th century Russian composer Modest Mazursky. This is some like sly classical masters that you're sliding in here. <laughs> very nationalist melody so that's uh the very first uh movement of his suite pictures at an exhibition arranged for orchestra by maurice ravel and here's neil sisirga's mouth sounds I can't even describe how much I love that. It's like a weird hour into computer sequencing and John Cage. But that is only the beginning. In terms of the more sort of dadaist experiments, oh man, I'm, there's, there's this one where it's that one lyric, um, the years stop coming and they don't stop coming just over and over again for about 10 hours. That is amazing because uh at some point the stems of the song leaked onto the internet which sort of went you know went a bit crazy so everybody has the the raw material of that song to play with uh, and i think this is an example of someone using the raw material of that song to make something that's totally bizarre and unexpected but but kind of brilliant in its own way okay charlie are you ready for this we're going to listen to all 10 hours of this YouTube meme. We might get a, uh, get a world record for the yeah. longest podcast ever. I mean, we're going to edit it so the listeners will only hear, you know, a few seconds. But you and I are going to sit here and listen to this for 10 hours. Oh, dear Lord. So get a snack. <laughs> get comfortable. Get a catheter. Here we go. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming. That's ridiculous. So basically, they've taken that one line, auto-tuned it so it's the melody of the entire song. Yes. The song loops forever. Yes. And I need to go to sleep now. Yes, it's been 10 hours, and I, I don't know how we're still standing, but we do need to finish this podcast. So <laughs> stick with me for just a little longer. There's one more version of this uh, meme that we're going to listen to. I think, I don't know, like, All Star is a gentle piano ballad is actually really, really wistful and beautiful. I mean, you wouldn't think it, but the uh, the often maligned opening verse 
um, has just this amazingly tender melody when you strip it um, away from its kind of sports anthem associations. It's a, it's a really lovely kind of tune underneath all that. nice little suspensions in there it's it's beautiful you know when to step back for a minute what are the the qualities that make the song so memeable one it has this simple chorus melody that's incredibly flexible and can be layered on top of all these different songs it's got this instantly recognizable opening sonority body <laughs> and the timbre of steve hardwell's voice is like unforgettable yeah and then finally Maybe this is just a really solid song with a really catchy, well-constructed melody. How dare you, sir? I will I will plant my flag and I will I will stand on this ground. I am a convert. I went into this episode thinking, okay, I'm going to do this because it's an important song and that'll be fun to break down, but I don't like it. Mm. And I think I would revise that statement. I think I am a fan of Smash Mouth's All-Star, genuinely. Not just ironically. I am a fan. I think this is a great song. Yes, Chuck. I'm here for the climate change activism. That, that totally opened my mind. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely into the 007 theme song, funky 60s thing. <laughs> Good. And, oh my God, I'm a convert. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. In fact, I think this song might... Uh, belong to a curious subcategory of of pop song the the song that is loved and then hated and then loved again mm, mm -hmm. some entries here might be rick astley's never gonna give you up the most probably the most memed song of all time that in fact no doubt rick rolling the baja men's who let the dogs out? 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 No, that will never be loved again. I disagree. Actually, this gives me a chance to to say something, which is there's a documentary, a feature-length documentary <laughs> about the creation of this song. Really? It is so fascinating. I. <laughs> just i it's not it hasn't been released yet unfortunately but keep your eyes out for the the baja men who let the dogs out documentary there's so much more going into the surface of that song okay moving on phil collins something in the air tonight oh yeah okay definitely meatloaf i would do anything for love i would and finally, of songs that have been loved and then hated and then loved again, I think we'd have to include Lou Bega's Mambo number five. Great song. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra. 
I just want to say not redeemable songs. Yeah. Barbie Girl. Okay. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. And Blue Abba Diaba Da. Eiffel 65. I might agree with you on one of those. Okay. I think Blue doesn't really do much for me. <laughs> but Barbie Girl is kind of a great materialist critique of our overly consumptive world oh is it you know i probably haven't listened with critical ears in a long time at the same time man that is there is a tone to that song that can be (laughs) hard to stomach it's grating but we'll see you know maybe that song too will pass through the filter of hate back to love i i I like this idea Mm. it it makes an anthem a little more poignant in a way Mm -hmm. not only is the song about an underdog Reaching salvation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The song itself is kind of has that arc from the top to the bottom and now kind of back to the top, or at least somewhere in the middle of of its cultural value. (laughs) So Smash Mouth, an undeniable anthem, and yet an anthem with a little bit of soul to it, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of surprise. I dig it. This episode of Switched On Pop was produced by me, Nate Sloan, and I couldn't have done it without the help of Darren King. You can check out his excellent article uh, on Smash Mouth's All-Star on The Ringer. We'll throw a link to that in our show notes. Our producer is Bridget Armstrong. Engineering by Brandon McFarland. Nishat Karwa and Liz Nelson are our executive producers. We're a production of the Vox Media Podcast Network. We are going to be continuing this anthem series, so make sure you tune in next week You can find Switched on Pop anywhere you get podcasts, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or go to our website, switchedonpop.com. And share with us some of your favorite anthems on Twitter and Instagram at Switched on Pop. We'd love to chat with you there. Not only that, share your favorite Smash Mouth memes. Let's just go (laughs) nuts. I want to get deep. I want to get weird. I want to find the, the craziest Smash Mouth memes out there. We'll be back again next week with more anthems. And until then, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.